Hey, good morning, everybody. So, uh, piggybacking a little bit off of yesterday's topic. Yesterday we spoke about if you have a particular minhag and the shul that you're in has a different minhag. So, uh, with, with regards to Baruch Hashem Yamein, whether you should say it or not, uh, let's let's move back to our summer topic of Birchas Kohanim. It is Yadua uh, that various gedolim from Eretz Yisrael would daven in Spartic shuls on their visits to America in order to get Birchas Kohanim, in order to receive Birchas Kohanim. There are even some American rabbanim that are makbid to daven in Spartic shuls every once in a while in order to receive Birchas Kohanim. So there's no question that if you're a czar davening in a Spartic shul, then you get the bracha. The question that I want to talk about today is, uh, what if you are a Kohen? You're an Ashkenazi Kohen davening in a Spartic Shul. Should one recite Birchus Kohanim? Must one recite Birchus Kohanim? They are a Sephardic, an Ashkenazi Kohen davening in a Sephardic Shul. Should they leave? There's even one Posik who said that he stays in Shul and just doesn't Duchen, which is like very surprising. Like, to stay in Shul as a Kohen and not Duchen in Shuvas Vaharim HaKohen or Chaim Simon Dalit, authored by Rabbi Yirmiya Kohen, the Av Bezin of Paris. He writes, I've been to shuls where they duchen every day in Chutzlaretz. And I don't go up. I stay there. I do not go up and uh, do Berchskranim because uh, that's not my minhag. So uh, let's uh, uh, try to figure out why that would be the case and whether that's correct. As, uh, do, do people agree with that? So first of all, let's discuss a little bit the minhag of Ashkenazim and the minhag of Sephardim. What exactly is the minhag? The Ramah writes in Simkuf Chavches if Memdalid, that our minig is that we only do duchening on yantiv because that's when a person has simcha and only in a, through a sense of simcha is a person able to impart blessing. As opposed to throughout the rest of the year, even on Shabbosos, our minds are so preoccupied with everything else going on in our lives and with all of our stresses and all of our, uh, you know, difficulties in life. So we're not vehicles for bracha. The Beis Yosef, whoever writes, the Yasher Kocham shall b'nei Eretz Yisrael, v'chol malchus Mitzrayim, shenosim kapeim b'chol yom. The Beis Yosef writes, you know who has it right? The people in Eretz Yisrael and the people in Mitzrayim. Those people do it every day, and that's a great thing. So let's analyze each practice. We have a, uh, um, uh, the, uh, we have a separate share on the reasons for the minog of uh, not duchening in Chutzaretz, so we're not going to revisit that. That was a time that I share once. question is whether it's a good minhag or a bad minhag, meaning the fact that we have this minhag, not to duch in the chutzar. So in Tshuva's base of Raim, or Chaim Simin Vav, he describes this minhag, not to duch in every day, as being more than 500 years old, and it's uh, brought by Gedolei Ashkenaz, such as the Maharil, the Argur, the Darke Moshe, meaning these are the bases, you know, the, the people who, who uh, were really formed the foundation of Minhagi Ashkenaz, all quote this minhag. On the other hand, the Magin Avram in Sifkatan Ayin over here in Kov Chavches quotes a Ramami Panu, Simen Sadihei, that minhag Garuahu, that it's actually an awful minhag. The Shulchan Harav, the Alter Rebbe in Sifman Zayin says, the Kaltaimim Eluhim Liyasheva Minhag, all the reasons you're going to see are just a way of explaining the minhag. Af She'ein Bem Kedai Levatel Mitzvah Shal Torah. None of these reasons are really good enough to be Mevatel and Mitzvah Saseh Midoraisa. 
says, and we should give a big yashakayach to those who actually keep the mitzvah instead of relying on this minag and do the, the people in Israel and the people in the, the certain parts of the world that keep this mitzvah each and every day. In fact, even the Mishabura and Sivkat and Kuf Samach Dalid writes, Uber Tisrol, Bechol Machus Mitzrayim, Haminagli Sakapayim Bechol Yom, Vaposkim Kol Sulim and Hagim that the, the postman have a lot of praise for those who, uh, who continue to do this mitzvah daraisa each and every day. In fact, there were even attempts to revitalize the minute of doing the Siyas Kapayim each and every day among Ashkenazim. In the Sefer Elios Eliyahu, uh, page Chav Beis, in footnote Aleph, he writes, The Gra very much wanted to reinstitute that uh, Nesiyas Kapayim every day in his base medrash that he couldn't just bring himself to have the courage to do it against hundreds of years of precedent one day he said tomorrow tomorrow and the day that the Ukran were about to start that the gra had been covered, that tomorrow is going to be the day he was arrested on some sort of trumped up charges some sort of false charges and then when he got out of jail he said you know what this is just not meant to be so uh, he never uh, revisited the issue in Shuvah's Meshav Dover writes, he said, I heard once from the from that one time the Graf was ready to set up Tuchning every day in his base medrash. And records the same story, and he was arrested. And then the Gros Talmud of Chaim Velazhner decided, you know what, I'm also going to try it. Let's do the same. Let's start. And that night there was a massive fire. Half the city burned down, including the shul. And they realized that there must be some secret in Hashemayim that this is not meant to be. We have no idea why, but apparently this is not meant to be. Akrosh Baruch Hu keeps sending messages every time we try to uh, we try to do it. Interestingly, uh, Tzvika Reisman writes in uh, the Ratz Ketzvi on Kohanim in Simenon Beis, Os Beis, that when Rav Scheinberg, Zechron Levracha, visited Los Angeles in 1998, he instructed an Ashkenazi shul to Duchen on a regular Shabbos at both Shachris and Musaf, and they did, because when Rav Scheinberg comes and visits and he tells you what to do, you do it. So they actually did it in Ashkenazi shul, didn't burn down, nothing else. They, they, uh, they actually did Birchus Kohanim on a regular uh, Shabbos. That's uh, odd that he gave such a uh, instruction against hundreds of years of, uh, of precedent. Now, what's the source for the Sephardi practice? Now, even though it doesn't need a source, it's a mitzvah daraisa, but even though it doesn't seem that Duchening sh- you know, should be the source, Beis Yosef says that they did it in Eretz Yisrael and in Egypt, so it doesn't sound like all Svartim did it. So when did that start, that all Svartim uh, did it? So Rav Yermio Kohn suggests that the Svartic practice started with the Shabtai Tzvi. He even suggests that that was what the Kafachayim is referring to 
in Sivkatan Ayn Reish Dalit in Simkov Chavchas, when the Kavachayim writes, Irsha Yunogim, Sheno Kalim Nosim Kapeim, Kim Bishol Shugon, Roshan Vyom Kippur, Va'al Siba Ra'u Chacham Shabbosi Yir, Linog Lehanik, Sheyusu Kapeim Afilu Bishabis, Va'acharkach Nisbatla Hasiba. He said that there was something that motivated them to try to institute Birchas Kwanim more frequently, and that, uh, that, that, that motivation went away. But once that reason went away, uh, they still kept that minog of doing the more frequent birchas each and every day. So it's very cryptic. What do you mean? Siba, there was some cause, and that cause brought them to Duchen every day, and then the cause went away, and they still kept doing it. What's the cause? What's the Siba? He doesn't give any any hints. So uh, so that's what Rav Yirmiyokon suggests, that it was Hanhaga of the Shabtai Tzvi, that when everyone believed that the Shabtai Tzvi was Mashiach, so he started doing a lot of, uh, you know, he was Mavatal the fast days, and a lot of other things like that. So one of the things he did was that, okay, we're all Eretz Yisrael and we're Gul and so we should all do Nesiyah's Kapayim B'chal Yom. So they did that, and then once the Shabtai Tzvi was found out to be a false messiah, so they, uh, they, they, they pulled back most of his uh, you know, innovations. But that one they kept, because that innovation was just a Mitzvah Daraisa. So it's a pretty uh, surprising argument, but that's what he suggests. Now, the argument in favor, uh, the Tshuvas Marsham, clearly writes, meaning, let's go back to our topic. Our topic is, um, if you're an Ashkenazi at a Sephardi shul, and they are duchening, should you duchen, right? Now that we know what Ashkenazim do, we know what Sephardim do. So the Chubas Marsham writes, If they call you up, you have a mitzvah minatora, there's nothing you can do about it. In Chubas Rivos Ephraim, Chedvav Simulun Zainos Chav, Rivos Ephraim is Rav Ephraim Greenblatt, who was a Rav in Memphis, and then toward the end of his life, he was in Harnof. He uh, paskins uh, like that as well, that you gotta go up, and he quotes, Yedidi Rav David Feinstein Shlita, which, uh, you know, David was alive at the time, obviously, as paskining the same way. Roshom Zalman Arbach was not in favor of going out of your way to Duchen, if you're an Ashkenazi. Um, in Halicha Shlomo, in Tefillah Parakil, Ozbeis, he, he writes, Kohen Ashkenazi ben Chutzart, lo yelich lechatchila lebeit knesset svaradi, asher noagam isa kapayim gambi meachol, kedei lisa kapav, because the minag is not to duchen, it's such, a, it's such an ancient minag. But the implication is that once you are there, then you do need to do it. He just says, don't go out of your way in order to do it. So Tzvika Reisman, Rav Tzvika Reisman brings two proofs, one from a Gemara and one from an Igros Moshe who brings it from the Gemara. So it's the same proof. Really. The Gemara Psachim Dav Kovav Amir Aleph says that Rav Ashi visited Machuza and he was honored with reciting Kiddusha Rabbah. So he didn't know what that means. So he said, what is Kiddusha Rabbah? What kind of text do they have? So he said, Bar because it's a safe bet that any kid starts with Bar And he extended the bracha by saying it really, really slowly until he saw that one of the people started to drink, started to bend down to drink. And at that point he realized that Kiddusha Rabbah means just to say Bar And he stopped there. So the Rashbam there writes, Shim Lokein Meaning, if he would have seen that there's more to it, he would have gone and said the whole Kiddush, the whole nighttime Kiddush, again during the daytime, with the whole bracha, had he not seen that man going to, to drink. What does that indicate to you? That if you're visiting somewhere that has a minute to recite a bracha that you normally wouldn't recite, then you should recite that bracha. You should conform to the minute of that uh, of that place. In Igros Moshe, or Chaim Chedekbeis, in Sadi Dalid, Rav Moshe talks about a different minute. He talks about saying Halil in Shul on the Seder night. And
and he writes, those who are knowing, like the Shita, the Gra, say Halal and Shul on Seder night, and therefore, even though the Besa Knesset is Nusach Ashkenaz, where Nusach Ashkenaz doesn't say Halal, those who are knowing, like the Gra, do say Halal. Um, he says, He says, in every Shul, there are probably somebody that uh, does like the Gra, so Memele, you're not allowed to, uh, to be Mishana, to tell them not to say it, and, uh, and, and therefore, once somebody's saying it, no one else is allowed to leave. If everyone else is saying halal, you also got to say halal. Everyone's going to realize that you left because you disagree with them. He says, but you know when you're when when your minute is not to say halal. Everyone else saying halal, you gotta stay, and you gotta say the halal, but don't say the bracha on the halal. No one will realize if you said the bracha or not, so that's much more bitsina. But if it's going to be evident that you didn't say the bracha, like you the shleich tzibur, then you need to say the bracha also. And says Ramosha, how do I know this? The story of Ravashi that he was ready to say a whole bracha of kiddush, even though it wasn't his minag, because that's the minag of the place. So apparently you would say halal and say a bracha on halal in order to conform to the minag. So it would turn out that according to the Ramosha, if you could somehow blend in and not say the bracha without anybody noticing, you got to go up. But if you can somehow blend in and not say the bracha without anyone noticing, then the coin might be allowed to do that. And maybe it depends on how many koinim there are and how loud they are. But uh, but if you can't blend in, it's going to be noticeable that you're not saying the bracha. Then you got to say the bracha also. So in conclusion, generally the rule of los du demands that you conform to the minag of those around you. Right? That's the default. If you're in a place and they have a minag, you do it. There is an argument that some folks can make with regard to certain practices in shul, like saying vidui is part of tachnun and things like that. That since our shuls are so clearly made up of random collections of people from all sorts of different backgrounds, some are from Polish backgrounds and some from Hungarian backgrounds and some Litvish and Hasidish and whatever and they all daven in the same uh, shul in the five towns or Tinek or whatever you know they all come together in the same uh, the same basic uh, basic group so then everybody can just do their own thing and it's not a violation of Los there is such a svara that you find in Poskim Rav Shachter does not agree with that svara he does not like that svara at all uh, but even if you do agree with that svara that wouldn't apply over here because we're talking about you're going to a Sephardic shul a Sephardic shul the minig is pretty strong it's pretty clear that the minig is is to say uh, to, to, to say if you're not going to do it then you're really an outlier so that's a real so the pashtos is that a person an Ashkenazi not only an Ashkenazi person in a Sephardic shul can receive but an Ashkenazi Kohen in a Sephardic shul should deliver the as well